You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome to the Express with Bilal Vakani and Daniel Shahori. AW full gear shifted into the wrong gear as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing first and foremost? I'm doing well. It was, it was, uh, I thought the pay-per-view was going to start at seven. I was incorrect. So it, it, it also, it, it seemed longer than it really was, but for that reason. Yeah. Let me jump right into the general point and then we'll go kind of match by match. You know, as soon as they pointed out there were eight matches, my immediate thought was, well, why not five matches? Because that model works so good for NXT Yep. Here you and I are, you know, independently putting down $50 Canadian when we're used to paying, you know, 10, 15 ish with tax and whatnot for the WWE network. And I look at the matches, you know, the Moxley title match. Yes, that's a pay-per-view match. The Young Bucks match. That's a pay-per-view match. But Cody, you could have done that on Dynamite. I get there's more build. Sheeta, they didn't really build it that well. The Omega, Kenny thing, it was like King of the Ring final. It could have very easily gone on television. Yes, the MJF Jericho thing was worth it. Um, the the Sammy uh, thing, uh, maybe you can make that argument. The orange, you know, Dark Order thing, no. I just, no. the deep match, I don't think so. It's not even an AEW title. So it's just very hard for me to justify the, the length of this card because if you, and I made this mistake, and I think this is a good lesson for everyone. Do not watch the red carpet. Damn well, do not watch the road to full gear the day before and do not watch the buy-in well maybe watch the buy-in but just you know i had to watch an hour of video packages and then watch them intersplice throughout the red carpet and then yeah. watch them intersplice throughout the buy-in and then watch them intersplice throughout the pay-per-view and and i guess the biggest problem was is if you don't do all that if you don't watch the red carpet well you don't necessarily get that stuff back in the buy-in you get a lot of it but you don't get all of it and there is, you know, a couple hidden gems there. So, oh, very, just, just way, way too much. And they, I just, I think the biggest thing is, you know, if, if you had to tell me you're going to pay $15, like I'm rounding it up, $15 for the WWE Network, and you're going to watch Hell in the Cell, or you're going to pay $50 and watch Full Gear, I would rather have a shorter Hell in the Cell show and be done with it. Even though I would say that's not as good a wrestling show, but minute per minute, I just I was happier with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was too. And, and traditionally, it was the WWE that was most guilty of doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I thought AEW would have learned their lesson from the, from the very last pay per view that they've done. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, let's get right into it. The main event. We're going to start right at the top because I I don't I understand if people will not make it to the end of this podcast, especially after that show. We had John Moxley defending the AEW world title against Eddie Kingston. I love this up until the barbed wire bat. And I was like, well, that's a lot. And then the thumbtacks came out and I'm like, well, that's a lot. Uh, are you in the middle of a robbery, Dan? <laughs> so, that's going to head your way very shortly. Yeah, it is. Um, but anyway, so, so I had issues with the barbed wire bat, the thumbtacks. I did like that the referee was consistent with the story. That was a very nice touch. But then there was the groin shots and there was the rubbing alcohol. Moxley eventually got the win. Uh, You know, I like that Kingston didn't shake his hand. That was consistent with the character. And like Kenny came out, that was okay. I I don't know about you, Dan. I'm not one of these like people who fetishize that violence on such a level that I could enjoy this. Are you? No, I'm definitely not. And especially 
once they when they did the 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 hardy compound match they did so many things during that that it, it knowing what you, what this was going to be they they probably should have saved that one uh, um, it was a bit much uh, the th- whenever uh, i i don't have the stomach for thumbtacks anymore i, no, I haven't I for like 20 years and uh, so once that came out I, I mentally checked out for a few minutes yeah no i agree with you and it, it, you know the, the sad part is these guys are so good at being intense and hitting hard you know you and i were talking about the dragon off uh, walter match not too long ago and this very much would have worked without those you know thumbtacks and the barbed wire bat and the groin shots even you yeah. know, the rubbing alcohol, it would have worked better, in my opinion. And it would have right. been universally liked. So I don't understand why they went. Like, I know it's AEW's thing, but they have to understand, eventually you want to be a mainstream company. So you do not have to pretend this is W. Like, I just, I don't even know how they still don't understand this on a basic level. Yeah, you, and you're right. And that, that, the, the Valter match was a really good point that you don't need to do these things necessarily. And, 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 and that match still felt like technically like more violent. Yeah, I think so. And I think, and, and you know, long-term there's discussions to be had for like selling your show to children and families <laughs> and you know, you and I don't have kids, but if I did, I wouldn't watch them. I don't, I don't want anyone under 18 watching that. Like that was no. disgusting. Like I didn't feel good about it. Anyways, uh, we'll move along. Uh, right before this, Orange Cassidy had a backstage segment where he had no thoughts, and this was the only uh, appearance or mention of Kip uh, and, and Miro. I wrote Miri for some reason. Uh, they slapped him, and then they left. I, and they promoted the Dynamite matches for the second or third time on the card. I, 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 why was this on it? Why was I paying for this? Like, honestly. I, I guess they needed some kind of buffer between the, the matches, I guess. That's the only reason... Yeah, they don't. They they otherwise had no reason to to show this segment whatsoever. Yeah, and such a do nothing segment. Like, if there was a six person interge- intergender match coming out of this, which doesn't even make sense, but at least give me something, right? Like maybe Cassidy is going to face Miro on Dynamite. Like, give this a reason. This just didn't need to exist, as far as I'm concerned. No, not no. not on this show. Yeah, I, uh, anyways, uh, I did love the MJF-Jericho match. MJF yeah. enters, does the Jericho thing, works it into his own thing. Awesome. There's great taunting throughout. There's very nice little spots. Jericho grabs the camera, does his bet, best Pat McAfee. Of course, I'm kidding. It took people <laughs> to do a camera spot in one week. Um, you know, I, I liked it pretty much. That The fact that they did a second roll-up on a pay-per-view bothered me. I liked the idea. I liked everything that led up to that roll up the idea of you know using the bat and mjf kind of falling down and swagger and uh hager and uh, wardlow on opposite sides and you have aubrey edwards who's got the issue with jericho which also came up in this match so i just you didn't have to make it a roll up you could have let mj look just a little stronger here but you know after the match he was welcome to the inner circle i like that wardlow and hager kept staring each other down so, you know, overall very, like, probably 9 out of 10. Like, I think if not for the roll-up, this was pretty much perfect. It was a lot of fun. Um, and also, again, like, I keep harping back to the, the Guevara-Hardy match, but, mm-hmm. again, like, they, they should have been there for this one. And I understand why they weren't there. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't mind an that. an important thing. Yeah, I didn't mind that because it evened the odds. 
and played in, I think, well enough to the other match to justify it. It's a very interesting point because you did lose something narratively um, by not having them there. Like but be I, the, yeah, not to interfere, but just to be there once it was over. Yeah, I guess they were trying to keep kayfabe because I don't know. I was trying to think about this when the match happened too. I don't know when they shot the compound, whatever, the Hardy match. So I guess they wanted to stick with the idea that these guys were in a different location. and they Oh, they were, them. yeah. No, I agree. It's just that, uh, oh, so my point was, is not have that, not have the Hardy match on that show. Yeah, you know what? That's a great way to get around it. And certainly you built a lot of narrative with Guevara and especially Santana and Ortiz being split. You're right. There's the potential for an amazing spot where maybe, you know, between Santana and Ortiz, one of them is giving up the baseball bat and one of them say, no, 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 no. I want to legitimately see who's better. Like you could have done something really, really interesting there. And you know what? It is a missed opportunity and I hadn't really thought it out that far. Um, There's a Lance Archer, Jake promo here, Jake the Snake. I I, I get they're not on the card and they had to speak, but Dan, do you have any idea where this is going? Because it just seems so generic that it could have been inserted on any pay-per-view these guys aren't on. Yeah, another segment that wasn't needed. I guess, again, they want to show these people uh, you know, that, that they're... I've forgotten about because what has he done lately, Lance Archer? No, I, I couldn't tell you. He's been he's been on dynamite, I would say, but beyond that, there's not much I can say. Like he hasn't done much, uh, and I don't see where this. Your to your point is, I, I don't see where this is going. Yeah, and him and Brian Cage are in a and Wardlow. They're they're and Brody Lee to some extent. They're just a bunch of big losers. And yep. there's not much distinction in terms of their paths. So, you know, at least we'll see. Like, you know, I, I'll give them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. They could pay this off on Wednesday. So. Because he needs to join a faction. You know what? Maybe, you know what? Even if he had this, see the promo, you're right. To that point, the promo would have been better if it was him saying, well, I don't need all these people. I'm going to go after, you know, if he had even said, I'm going to go after the TNT title eventually, fine. At least he can start his journey to that title, right? as opposed to, like, especially, and we'll get into this later, you had a new TNT title. So this would have been a perfect time for him to say, oh, I can crush Darby Allen. Even if and, it's- and maybe he will. Yeah, I, I don't something. know why they wouldn't, you know, and again, maybe they taped it and they didn't even want to tell him who was going to be TNT champion. So maybe that's why, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give them a lot of benefit of the doubt on that, just to be nice. The elite deletion with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara was next. I like the callbacks with the carts and whatnot off the top and some of the classic Hardy lines. And again, I use that generously. Um, it was cool to see Santana and Ortiz along with private party involved. I, I don't know why I didn't even cross my mind. So that was a nice touch. The firework gun is all I could describe it at as then Matt Hardy had. I thought that was fun. Hurricane Helms and Gangrel. Just a crazy wacky idea. The chair shot at the end again, lost me. So you know, and I, this is going to be divisive, but I thought as far as cinematic matches go, this was probably closer to an Undertaker Styles thing than anything else. And I, I liked it. I, I thought this was, again, like a 9 out of 10. I, I hate the finish, but fine. You know what I mean? Like, very good otherwise. Uh, it was, uh, I got mixed feelings on this. Uh, one, it's like immediately, like, you should have just made it a three on three. Yeah. With- uh, with the inner circle versus the Hardys and mm-hmm. private party. Uh, one thing is like, I, I, I was really confused by 
Gangrel and and Hurricane Helms. Like what were where not so much that they were there, but at first he was. I, I didn't understand the reference to Hurricane Helms of what of like he was tied up or he was missing for two years. Like what was that? I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe two years ago, give or take, that Hardy had one of these matches with Wyatt. And Hurricane Helms had a cameo in that with the same gear. I Did believe, he? Yes, I believe. Don't again, don't quote me, but that's what I vaguely recall. I I, I can't be bothered to look this up because it's just nonsense. But that's what I believe. I was I don't remember that at all. But so well, it's like was a blink and you miss that. it type thing. Like assuming this is I'm correct, it was very very brief, which was, I guess was part of the joke. All right. So uh, you know, it was good to see Gangrel. Yeah, not not I would have never guessed that in a hundred years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think everybody's mileage will vary depending on how you feel about cinematic matches, how you feel about Guevara, how you feel about Hardy, private party. Like, there's a lot of things going on here. <clears throat> so, but you know, do you think he should have lost? No, I, I, I think you and I both had Sammy winning. I, yeah. I, I get that you want to give Hardy something, but I just think Hardy's so close to the end that what's the point of giving yeah. any wins? And, you know, you could have very easily had him get carried away with the firework thing and have it backfire or something else, right? Like have one of his drones malfunction. Like there's probably a very clever way to have Hardy get so consumed in this world or be the wrong character at the wrong time that he screws up and loses. Uh, But then, you know, Sammy is somebody who's obviously uh, whatever pushes they had for him have been sort of diminished a bit. So, you know, they don't really need to push him because there's nowhere to push him. He's just sort of, you know, the least important member of the inner circle now, right? So, yeah, but I agree. I would have liked to see him win. Uh, Moving on to the tag titles, and I'm going to add, this was the point, you know, going backwards to the the top matches. This was the half of the pay-per-view I loved. And this match really, you know, allowed me to enjoy this pay-per-view because I'll rip it apart after this. The tag team titles, you had FTR defending against the Young Bucks. I really didn't like that they took Tully away from ringside. Because on one side, the Bucks, this is their last chance. If they don't beat them, they can never contend for the titles. But then you take away Tully Blanchard so that FTR has an out. You're already thinking the Bucks have to win this match. And just sort of everything is tilting in that direction. But again, these guys are great. I couldn't tell you who the faces are in this match because, you know, like they're shades of gray. And that worked in the Kenny Omega hangman feud with the titles. I don't know if it narratively works. Like these guys are great, great workers. But even the heelish stuff, like it's all shades of gray. And I think that was a problem. The injury angle was good. It carried a lot of this match. And it happened sort of to FTR as well, uh, where one of them got cut up. And that became a big thing, which I don't know if it was planned or not, but it helped. You know, I, I, I got invested by the, the damage and the stakes of this match. And, you know, of, of course the Bucks won. Kenny kind of came out to congratulate them. Hangman Page was sort of tucked into the entrance ramp. Mm-hmm. So that was or tunnel, whatever. So that was a good touch. Um, And I liked that the finish, the whole narrative was FTR got a little too flippy and that's why they lost. So, and they didn't have Tully to coach them. So I thought there was a lot of depth there. I just think the narrative leading into this was just not as good as it could have been. And throughout the match, um, they basically had to use these injury spots to tell a story because I think they, they understood, and I give them credit for understanding this, that they really haven't established a face in this massive program. And it, that's a massive failure. But, you know, it's still very good. I still liked it quite a bit. 
Uh, I had a, the, the match was really good. The the two months leading up to the match was confusing. Yeah. Uh, just where the Bucks were going, uh, it was really confusing. Um, but the match was good, and the ending the was also against. Why would he try that? Why would he mm. try the four fifty flip? Why would he do that suddenly? I don't know. So that was that well, was I guess- a little. The idea, well. and I'm going to give them again credit. The idea is that, well, other stuff isn't working, so we're going to try to get flippy. And okay. it's not, again, it ha- like I think the commentary really sold this, and the commentary on the night was very good. It was when you saw the replay, and I think it was when you saw the replay, and they made the point that, well, Tully didn't want them to do that, and Tully wasn't out. I don't even know if they said Tully wasn't out there, but like, those kind of pieces all sort of fit, right? It wasn't perfect, yeah. but, you know, you can see Tully already giving these guys a talking to on Dynamite, and, you know, I think there's something there. And even in a rematch situation, they'll be like, Tully's going to be there. We'll win the number one contendership again. We're not going to make the mistake, so we're going to win back the titles. I think there's a decent narrative there, so I'll give them some credit. All these young generation needs to listen to their managers. Wow. Funny you say that. There's a failure for all of them, yeah. Oh, uh, we had Sheeta defending her AEW women's title against Nyla Rose. Exactly. Managers. Um, I, I like that they finally gave them different wrestling gear. Cause I don't know how long Sheeta and Nyla had practically the same gear. 90% of their matches. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever the number was, but thank God for that. Uh, I loved Vicky Guerrero's involvement in this, yep. you know, whether it was the kendo stick or just her general annoyance, the, the spot where the referee pulled the stick from her. Um, I, I, I did lament that, you know, on the pre-show, they did let Vicky and Nyla talk, which is great, but they didn't bother to even try to give Sheeta any time. Like, I thought they could have made, you know, made a big course correction there with everything they've heard since that terrible promo, but they just didn't. And, you know, I, and I, I think to that point, I think Serena Deeb did not get an interview on the red carpet as well, which, or Allison Kay, which I thought was very odd um, because it really felt like, you know, two, three-fourths of your women's division had no voice, but you had time to have Brandy talk about her husband, and she wasn't even ringside. You well, know? they're not in the women's division. They're yeah. outsiders. Yeah, so they're, you know, and, and we had Allie, we had Allie going on and on in, in the pre-show during Eddie Kingston's interview about her thing with QT Marshall, and then we had a QT Marshall thing later. I, you know, very odd choices. But anyways, back to this. Um, you know, we, we, uh, when it was all said and done, Sheeta did her best Kushida, and she got really angry and won. So, you know, way to come up with an original way to book her differently. And, you know, after Vicky was upset, she yelled and slapped Nyla, unclear if this is the end of their partnership or not, because Nyla seemed to take it pretty well, all things considered. I thought she was going to powerbomb Vicky, which would have been something. Um, yeah, I don't know, Dan. Like, this is I, – I didn't expect a lot out of this. And, but, but no. I, I, you know, I just, man, I, I, I hope they have, like Nyla Rose, I, sorry, I should say, um, Thunder Rosa came out after. Oh, right, so it yeah. Seems to be where they're going, which I, I didn't, I, like that was okay months ago. I don't need that again. I just. Another one that's not on the roster. Yeah, I just, what, like, I don't know. Was there anything redeeming for you from this that I'm missing here? Because it really just felt kind of empty. Redeeming? Um no, I mean, it was maybe, I don't know. They, again, it was another example of the, the, young, <laughs> the, the young wrestler not listening to their manager. Mm-hmm. And, and they fooled around. Like, uh, you know, the, the, all, of, all the wrestlers that have managers made mistakes tonight. 
and, and uh, that that we're told over and over and over about. Yeah, no, that's, know you know, I don't know if they're ever going to touch on that, but that's interesting. Well, I hadn't thought of it, but it's a good it's a good point. And I'm thinking there is there's an opportunity here if Vicky Guerrero now manages Sheeta, this could be brilliant. That would think, help. I don't think they're going to do that. No. But dear God, would that because again, Nyla cut a great like a pretty good, maybe not great, a good promo on the pre-show. Nyla is good enough on the mic. I I don't have any problem with her. She's and she's so intimidating and powerful that, you know, she, you know, it's, and she's better than say Lars Sullivan on the mic. So I don't mind her yes. just being an enforcement and she's so much stronger and more powerful than anyone else in that division. Like, okay, maybe Nia Jax is a more apt comparison and that's probably not fair to Nyla, but you know, like she's good enough. You know what I mean? She doesn't need a manager is what I'm trying to say. I would, well, I would, I could see uh, eventually when, um, sorry, um, who is she's her name has suddenly escaped me for some Britt Baker. Oh, Britt Baker. <laughs> when Britt Baker beats her, mm-hmm. then I could see Vicky Guerrero managing Sheeta, mm. but not until then. And then she can gotcha. Uh, and, and odd, we didn't see Baker at all on this card. That was of all the people, no, not at all. You know, like I know she tweeted something, but uh, that was very odd. Uh, speaking of people we didn't need to see in the show that we did, QT Marshall and Dustin were backstage talking about Allie because I guess at some point somebody told them they didn't set that story up correctly, so they tried to fix it here. They're having a bunkhouse match, which I, I have no idea what that is, and I don't think they made any attempt to explain it. Um, they didn't but, explain it. Yeah. I, I, have no, I don't even have a clue, and I just don't care because why would I? Um, the Lucha Bros are fighting each other again. I, I don't know why. I don't know why either. Because like, there's no stakes to this suddenly. Yeah, and, and especially if Pac's about to come back. You think maybe they'd hold off and see what Pac has to say? Like, very, very weird. You know, like, I just don't even know. And then Conte, I think this was delayed because of COVID, but she's going to fight Red Velvet and, you know, Brandy and um, uh, what's her name? Um, Jay, she'll be in the corner, I guess. Like, of the three matches, that's the only one that makes sense. And it's, like, lukewarm at best, so... Look forward to Dynamite. Like, I like that they're booking stuff, but man, like, it's like almost the three worst matches I could have thought of. But anyways, <laughs> um, uh, here's another one. So again, th- this is the part of the card I hated. Uh, and there's a lot of good stuff in this. So Darby Allen takes on Cody for the TNT title. I love Darby's entrance. Um, but I have to say, Darby was named in the Speaking Out movement. And a lot of the people- I never heard that before. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people, like the people who are the best at highlighting this stuff are very quiet on the AEW stuff with the exception of the people they fired. They're very hard on the WWE stuff. I would like to think if we're going to have a standard, which I think tonight, you know, my thing is going to be, well, you know, if you're named, just don't put a belt on them. If you want to use these people and if you still want to give them some TV time, fine. But they gave them the belt. And uh, there's a lot of problems with this, but I just, you know, and again, I'm sure they've had backroom meetings and they've discussed this. But I just can't even imagine if Matt Riddle, if Velveteen Dream, or if Austin Theory, God help us, if one of them had the title, people would be going crazy. And it really feels like people are looking the other way. I re-Googled the allegations and they're disgusting. They're not any less disgusting than the stuff I've read about the WWE guys. And the AEW fans are very, they're more educated than WWE fans. So I think the percentage of them that know about this, that are hardcore fans, that read dirt sheets, have got to be higher so there is That's a, interesting. You know, so again, I'm theorizing. 
Um, and I know about this, so I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm and, guessing Tony Khan sides with him. No, I'm he sure. Must. And look, it's probably not unlike the discussions that have been had about Velveteen Dream or Matt Riddle uh, or any of these other guys. But I, I will give WWE this. A, they have not put a title and they have more championships to give to any of those guys. And B, you know, if you're AEW and you haven't gone after, gone after a Tessa Blanchard because of quote unquote behavior, I, I don't know how you can justify that decision and give Darby Allen the title. And, you know, there's a couple other issues. And that is Cody just won the title a month ago. And you have JR calling this guy the face of TNT. I, I, I hope they had a discussion with TNT about the implications of this because you know, I, I will say I sort of went to the Twitter post about this and there aren't a lot of people are caught up in this and they enjoyed it and they were able to compartmentalize, which is great. I'm glad people were able to enjoy this, but it is inevitably going to be a news story at some point after. And I really hope TNT is not going to get blindsided by this because they were out of the discussions for this because they pushed this hard. Anyways, the match itself was great. Randy was not out there, which is weird because he was backstage with her dogs. So I don't know. Um, I don't know why Cody's hair changed back. I don't know why he would have kept the black, not keep the black hair. That was very odd. Um, and I, uh, it's funny. I never thought Darby would win, which I think speaks to the lukewarm bill. Like when you looked at the promo for this, like, okay, Darby throws himself off a ramp. Darby did a skateboard trick with Tony Hawk. I don't even know if some of that stuff was part of the Cody promo, to be honest with you. I think that stuff happened before. And then he was watching Orange Cassidy face Cody and he just became the number one contender because mm, they have a history. So I really didn't think he'd win the, win the belt. I do give them credit. It was a surprise. So it was the second roll-up of the night, so I don't give him credit for that. Uh, I really think Darby would have benefited from a real roll-up, or a real pin, I should say, not a roll-up. And, and listen, I like the Cody handover. I like that Taz came out on the mic. I like yep. that Starks and Cage ran in. They crushed yep. him. And then they you know, were fighting over the title, and Taz had to set him up. And then they're about to kill Darby Allen, put his arm in a car you know, window. And I'm thinking, you know what, maybe they are writing him off and Hobbs makes a save, which I thought was good. So, you know, to be honest, if you put aside the issues with this, and I think it bothers me more because this is a company that's tried to have the moral high ground. So I don't know why they would let this one go when it really like, cause honestly a year from now, you can do this with Darby. He's not going anywhere. I, I, I just don't know why they needed to do this now. But again, I thought it was all great. I just, I have to get that caveat out because uh, I know and people who are generally very critical of that stuff, like to the point where they're critical about that on WWE every single week are not critical of Darby Allen. And these are all allegations and you don't get to change your stance on that issue because of the value of a show. Like you've got to be universal on that. But anyways, the match itself, Dan, your thoughts. Uh, it was, I think about five minutes in, they kept hitting home on commentary, how he's failed and failed and failed and he's not going to mm. do it. And then it was like, mm, they might do it. They might flip this because they just kept emphasizing that. Mm. Um, at, and at the end of it, I was thinking the same thing. Like when, when Team Taz came out, I thought, oh, maybe Will Hobbs will come out for the save and then mm. the swerve. And then he, then he finally joins Team Taz. Ooh, I didn't think that. Damn. But the, nothing like no Will Hobbs at all. No, no, I, listen, I thought it was, uh, too, you know, again, excusing one thing, really, really good. Uh, and in that first half of the card, probably the best thing, to be fair. Um, mm -hmm. Let's fire through the rest of this. Silver face Cassidy. Look, Pointless match. Yeah, and, and I, I looked at the, I had to rewind the build because A, I was live and I needed to skip other stuff. And B, I'm like, how did this happen? 
And if, if you take it by their build, which is very selective, if you believe Silver's cost Cassidy the match, which I don't because Darby Allen's already in the crowd. So Cassidy was never winning that match. Like it was a pre-planned match as a stopgap for Cody to get to Darby. So that beef's not really legitimate. It all stems from that. No. And I guess Silver's kicked him twice in the last month. This that, match should have stayed on the kickoff. I don't think, that, I, I don't even think you need this match. Um, I, I, and I don't get the dynamite match. Yeah. And I don't get why the dark order didn't just beat these guys up. You, you let them win. You let the best friends come in there and do their hug spot, which I do enjoy, but why didn't the dark, the dark order had nothing else to do tonight. Why didn't they just slaughter these guys after I, they're I mean, hardly a faction anymore. Yeah, and obviously no Brody Lee, but that's fine. Like, this is a chance for the other guys to shine. And I think, if anything, Brody Lee would expect you to just demolish these guys if you can't beat them in a match. Um, I don't know. I, I just, this did nothing for me, Dan. Like, me I like Arden Cassidy, but just why, right? This was pointless. Uh, um, and, and then there was the AEW gaming spot. If they play that thing one more time, and I know they will, like, for Pete's sake, like, mix it up somehow like anything so what is this coming it's like the little 30 i don't know it's like the, the stupid spot for on tuesday we're gonna have an announcement on youtube yeah but, but what, what do you think this announcement is i don't know some miro twitch stuff that you and i are, are too old to care about really yeah i think that's pretty much what this it is. is not an announcement for a video game oh yeah it might be it's probably both it's probably a stupid video game too like i i just i i just and this is the same thing when they had the heel spot like they just run these things into the ground and they just become so annoying that if you don't have the option to skip it, you're like, oh, why am I watching this live? Or why did I not? Like, why am I watching this period as close to live as I am, right? I just, a little thing, but it bothered me quite a bit. Um, I want to go all the way back to the card kickoff now because we're almost near the end here, thankfully. Uh, we had, how long are we? Oh, geez, we're going along with this podcast. Um, we had Don Callis on commentary for the Kenny and Paige yes. thing. I, I love the intros for both these wrestlers. I thought the match itself was good. I honestly forgot Callis was on commentary. Uh, I don't really care about him. I, I just I wish the narrative was a little bit stronger. Like, I love these guys. I think they're great. I just think narratively this match needed a little bit more, but still a very good match. Uh, th- I, I enjoyed this. Hmm. Uh, and um, I thought it was a good way to start off the pay-per-view. Yep. I figured that's to start off the pay-per-view. And um, it was, uh, yeah, I think... I thought that match delivered. It seems so long ago now. Like I was like, Jesus, like I almost forgot about this match. Cause yeah. it's, um, but I, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. I think, I think like I liked off the top, you had the sort of handshake and it was Kenny offering it and Paige didn't take it. But then just during the match, I almost wanted to see more of Paige almost being reluctant to, to do what he had it had to do. Because I think if you had done that, it would have got across the rivalry a bit better and it would have protected Paige a little bit. Because by the end of this, he just looked like a loser, you know? Like, and a loser who the, you can't redeem. And right. he wasn't even, you know, like, if it was in his head, this friendship was messing him up. He is really great. But, man, this is his former tag team partner, and he just can't pull the trigger, especially the way his finisher is. Man, that, like, I just think they missed out a little bit on this. Because um, I think there was a, a, an ounce of brilliance. Of it. But I agree. You know? Um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the pre-show match before we uh, get out of here. Um, it's the first time I've seen Allison Kay. Very impressive just from her entrance. She's got a presence. She's got a style to her, you know, um, and this match, uh, I've, I've actually forgotten. Oh yeah. Did Serena Deeb. She faces Serena Deeb. 
has been good with the title. She's got an interesting background with the yoga stuff and certainly her coaching. Um, sorry, I think this was the match. Was it this match or the other match Thunder Rosa showed up to? I think I said she showed up for the Sheeta match. She showed up for this match. My mistake. Um, but yeah, I, this was good. I actually would have probably put this on the main card if we're going to go as long as we are, right? Like this was a title match. I would have preferred it to the Orange Cassidy match. Oh, 100%. Um, that's probably the most logical one. Yeah, I think that's where I would have gone. Like, there may be an argument for another match you could swap it out with, but that's definitely the best. And, yeah, no, these two women are great. I, I, I think at some point you, you can't keep the NWA title and the AW women's title. I think you've got to figure out who you can take from this NWA program, and Allison K might be that person, and bring her over to the AW thing so that inevitably when this partnership has to finish or they need their title back on a more regular basis, you can, you know, dovetail and, I hope that's what they do. And I, I did think, you know, man, how much better would these divisions be if they still had Mercedes Martinez, who's literally doing nothing in WWE right now. Like, my God, you know, can you imagine her, even as a third participant in this or the other women's match, like, would have been infinitely better. Um, yes. Uh, there are rumors that Thunder Rosa is thinking of going to WWE. Well, I, I, I've heard those too, but her showing up here... I think for me, kills those rumors, I would assume. I don't know, but I would assume Maybe. So. I mean, I guess she's still not signed, clearly. Hmm. Not signed with anybody. They can do these. Um, these people seem to, to, to do uh, work with whoever they want to right now. So, Fair enough. Dan, I have one burning question for you at the end of this uh, marathon of a pay-per-view. We were promised a surprise. What was it? Because I honestly... Were we? Yeah, there's supposed to be a big surprise return. And there were rumors that Sting was going to manage Darby Allin. Gangrel? I, then Hurricane Helms? Like, I'm trying... I'm oh, Sting. Yeah, I heard about that rumor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was something they formally announced, that there was going to be a big return, and it was going to happen on this card. And but he's not a return. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought it would be Pac at one point, but they kind of did that on Dynamite. So... A big yeah. surprise. I, I don't remember them promising that. When did they promise that? I don't know. It was on some news sites. There'd be a surprise return for full gear, and they were marketing it. So, you know. Return. I'm going to Google it really quickly here. Um, I'm trying um, to think if there's any other reported. There was no surprise. The only surprises were in, in the Hardy compound match of the people that we didn't expect to see in the first place. But this, like, Sting, uh, yes, uh, I guess we thought because, you know, Darby was sort of acting like Sting all these, all these weeks, but that wouldn't have been a return because he's never been here. Here we go. I'm trying to see if I can find it here from the 30th of October. Nah, I'm not going to find it in time, but that was full gear. Uh, Dan, again, a long show, but uh, yeah, I guess in summation, it, it, it was a good show. Huh. But dear God, if it had just been five matches and not eight, yeah. like, you know, I just, that would have done it for me. I think like if you take the best five matches from this card and yeah. this show ends at 10 o'clock instead yep. of almost midnight Eastern, like what a great show. And it should have started at seven. Yeah. You know what? That's the other thing too. You can start it at a better time. And, you know, I, I just, 
you can probably do more, you know, a more focused pregame because there's so much going on here. And I just, I was at a loss, you know, and it honestly gives me pause. Do I actually want to spend my money on Revolution now? Because geez, like for $50, I could watch like 10 old movies on Amazon Prime. This is not an ad for Amazon Prime, unfortunately, because then, <laughs> but like, you know, A, I can get more content and B, you know, and I think the problem is that the, the, the pay-per-view price and the length that goes with it, they're not like, it would be one thing, Dan, if we were sitting here talking about eight matches that could never happen on Dynamite. You know what I mean? Like it is possible with this roster for them to create eight matches on quarterly pay-per-views that you will never see on Dynamite, right? Yeah. But they're not doing that. They're giving you about five. And it, then that's right. they're giving you three matches. And again, the, the TNT title, Cody was defending that weekly. The Cassidy match, you know, that, there's your second one. And then you take your pick of the two women's matches because they've defended both those titles on television and neither of those programs, like geez, Allison K had never been on television on, on dynamite, you know, like I, I, they might've, I don't know. They might've thrown up a screen, but like they've never, I don't think they gave her any sort of promo this week. Um, You know, which is a shame because I'm told she's a great talker. I still don't know that even after this pay-per-view. So, I, I was only I, I I was vaguely familiar with her with NWA Power because she was mm-hmm. their first champion on that show, but she lost it pretty quickly to Thunder Rosa. Uh, but hey, some some potential and uh, Dan, it has uh, I've been watching wrestling now or talking about it for six hours plus, so mm-hmm. we will end it there. I, I don't know who the hell will be awake to actually listen to this podcast when I push it right out, but. Uh, I regret doing this now, but it was a lot of fun, Dan. And, <laughs> it was a uh, lot of fun. It was always nice talking to you about this. We'll do uh, Survivor Series, and we'll post it oh, at yes. a time where people will actually be able to enjoy it. Thank you once again, Dan. Thank you, my friend. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 